Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to episode 33 of Extreme EvoCast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. Welcome to a completely normal episode of Extreme EvoCast with absolutely nothing wrong with it. Uh, anyway, it is very late for me for, uh, right now, so you have to apologize if I'm a little bit uh, quiet because obviously I don't want to wake people up. I say this like every time. I'm like, <laughs> essentially, in the beginning of every episode of EvoCast, expect me. Here's what you can expect from every episode of EvoCast I do the intro. I say either good morning or good night, uh, depending on what time of day it is when I record. And then I say um, something along the lines of, I say this every episode. And then I talk about how I say this every episode, and it just becomes even more and more meta as this, as this comes on. Eventually, I'll be talking about the fact that I talk about it so much, or I'll be talking about the fact that I talk about the fact that I talk about it so much. Right now, where I think I'm on like the third level of of meta, and you know, uh, anyway, <laughs> hope you're all having a good day. I'm having a great night. Uh, had a good day today. Uh, started a little bit later than I'd like to, but it's not a big deal. Um, don't have much going on, going on in uh, you know quarantine, all that jazz. So I'm uh, I'm perfectly fine with recording late at night. Um, but like I said, you have to apologize if I'm a little bit tired, a little bit, uh, quieter because I don't want to be talking super loud because, you know, there's people in my house and they might get woken up, uh, from me talking about Pokemon so loud. Anyway, uh, I have quite a few things to talk about today, uh, specifically some new stuff that came out, um, while I was gone, while, well, while I was gone. You know, while uh, while in the grace period between this episode and and or last episode and this episode, there was quite a few things revealed, along the lines of new stuff revealed for the Isle of Armor uh, that came out on June second, I think something like that. I don't know. Honestly, that whole time was very um diluted by the fact that I'm pretty sure it was June second, but like if it was June second or very close to it, it was very diluted about by the fact that my birthday was like the next day. Um I had a good birthday too. I was I was actually kind of a little bit sad uh that I wasn't able to record Evocast on my birthday. Like, you know, if I had started like a week earlier in the very beginning of, you know, of Evocast on February twenty nineteen, maybe I would have been able to to record it on my birthday, but it's alright. Um, I think it would have been fun to do sort of like a birthday special. I'm not going to do anything special for today's episode. It's just, you know, or at least nothing birthday related. Um, you know, maybe, maybe one of these days if EvoCast ever falls on my birthday, um, which actually now that I think about it will probably be like, um, you know, like I think like, what, seven years from now because it was on a Wednesday and my birthday was on a Wednesday. Or actually, you know, I guess I would record it the the, the night before. But still, you know, there would, there would be an episode of EvoCast on my birthday. Judging by the fact that my birthday is on like a day, I think, after... Every week, you know, if it's on a if it's not if it's on a Wednesday one year, then it's on a Thursday the next year. I think that would mean I'd have to wait seven years in order to have a have an episode of my birthday. So I mean, hey, who knows? <laughs> I might still be doing EvoCast in seven years. I wouldn't hold it against me. You know, that's like what uh, every year is like about twenty five or so episodes. That would be episode like one hundred and 
like 70, like 80, 180, <laughs> something like that. That wouldn't be too bad. That, I, I mean, I wouldn't put it against me, you know, having 180 episodes of Extreme Overcast. That's jumping way too far ahead. I'm only on episode 33, um, which we'll come back to, by the way. Anyway, let's talk about stuff that's been going on. Uh, before we get into the um, Twilight Wings, or... Wow, I just I just spoiled it. Before we get into the Isle of Armor stuff, I'm going to talk about Twilight Wings. I apologize. I was gonna, I was trying to build up there. Okay, well we're talking about Twilight Wings. Uh, <laughs> Twilight Wings episode five came out, uh, and it was, it was, <laughs> uh, is all I have to say. Now it was good. It was a good one. Um, so it was a lot less. Um, by the way, the reason I'm starting about talking about Twilight Wings first is because there is like zero news today, other than the new Isle of Armor stuff. There's pretty much nothing, or nothing that I would really want to talk about. Uh, so before you think that I like forgot or something, no, there's like nothing. Like there's like events being planned for like TCG tournaments and stuff, but honestly. If it's, like, one bit of news and it's just that, I don't really think it's worth talking about. Anyway, uh, this episode of Twilight Wings, episode 5, what was it called, actually? It had a na- I know they all have names. I didn't uh, talk about it last time, but it is called, if I can find it, did I, where is it? Did I lose it? Oh, here it is. It is called Assist? Oh, God, I just played it out loud assistant okay assistant is the name of twilight wings episode five um and it goes over oleana which is not something i was uh expecting and like it actually it actually went into oleana's background story you know like her her backstory uh, and it was really interesting uh seeing this character that like, it's a little bit hard to sympathize with her because of, you know, the story of Pokemon Sword and Shield and stuff. But, like, honestly, it was, like, it, it was really interesting. I really, really enjoyed that they did something about her. Uh, I wasn't expecting them to. But, like, it was it was a lot less struggly. Is that, that's not even a word, but you know what I mean? Like, all the other ones are like, oh, there's an obvious problem. Like, be is trapped or you know uh hop loses his sheep or his sheep his wooloo what if i never heard of wooloo before hop loses his wooloo you know stuff like that there's more of like a problem this is just sort of oleana you know this is sort of just goes into her how she became chairman rose's assistant which is you know she was just really really good at what she was doing and she figured out a lot of details about i guess like the you know the 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 power spot is that what they're called you know the power spots around the whole the whole uh around rose tower and stuff and she was you know she was sort of um credited to that and chairman rose saw that and he you know and he put her on as as the vice president or i assume she eventually went up to become the vice president and like it was it was a really um heartwarming story you know sort of uh looming over the fact that she was very mean as <laughs> she was sort of a she was sort of a villain in the i mean she wasn't a villain but like like game design wise she was a villain but like she wasn't actually a villain she sort of was a little bit i mean i i don't know if i would necessarily super call chairman rose a villain um obviously not as much as a villain as some other pokemon antagonists but like they were the bad guys, you know, like, the eventually, sorry to spoil Pokemon Sword and Shield for you, uh, you know, the game that's been out for, like, almost a year now, um, like, 
it's, um, you know, she is, she is a villain essentially, uh, in terms of the game. And like, it was a little bit hard to sympathize with her, which is something that I was sort of, um, also thinking about like Chairman Rose, like they're, they're sort of trying to make you like Chairman Rose, uh, like from the very beginning of the, you know, the very beginning of the, uh, of Twilight Wings and stuff. And it was a little bit hard to get into that, you know, seeing him as like this sweet dude. I mean, obviously I'm sure he's like, he's, he's a sweet dude, but like he was the villain of the game that this is based on. So, I mean, it, it's always nice to get some background, uh, backstory into like the, 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 the quote unquote bad guys. Again, I use that term very, very lightly with Chairman Rose and Oleana, but like, um, it definitely did a little bit of, tinting when it comes to how I looked at this episode. Um, but it was very good. It was a very beautiful episode. Um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of like cinematic things in it that was like, that were very unlike, you know, Pokemon and stuff, I guess that's sort of a, sort of a jab at Pokemon, but like specifically there was a time where there was a, like a dancing, uh, Mr. Rhyme and like the cut like he was tap dancing and there was this nice music in the background and suddenly he taps once and it cuts to black and then it cuts to something else. I forget what it was, but it was a beautiful transition. And I'm like, again, I mentioned this last time again with the meta stuff. I am going to say this every single time I talk about an episode of Pokemon Twilight Wings. Why can't the anime be like this? It's so much better. This series is beautiful. Um, And like, I can definitely appreciate this episode for what it is. Um, it's definitely not like the other ones. Uh, it's definitely a lot more lore heavy and it's very slow. It's very sort of feel good in a way, in its own way. It's, it's very, very different from the other, from the, the preceding four episodes of Twilight Wings, but it's, it's good. Uh, very much focused on giving her some character and some backstory and making you feel sympathy for her in certain situations. And I do appreciate it. Uh, I do like it a lot, and I'm excited to see what they do with it in the future. Anyway, uh, not too much to say about Oleana's episode. Um, it was, like I said, it was a little bit less than, uh, than what I'm what what we're used to with Twilight Wings, so I'm not really gonna go super into it. But if you haven't watched it already, please please do give it a watch. It's very very good. Um, like I was gonna say, sorry for spoiling it, but there's there's nothing to spoil. <laughs> you know, she becomes Chairman Rose's assistant. And then th stuff happens. Like, there's no climax. There's no... I mean, I guess, like, cinematically, there is a climax to, like, the, you know, the feel, the music and stuff. But, like, story-wise, there is no climax in this episode. There's no, you know, act... There's not really any story progression. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of it, but it's not, like, super heavy like the other ones. So it's, like I said, it's a little bit of a different episode. So you'll have to forgive me uh, for sort of just glancing over it like that. But... And honestly, I can't really think of anything else to talk about. It was beautiful as always. You know, it's sort of everything I say about the other episodes of Twilight Wings and Twilight Wings in general um, apply to this episode. You know, it's beautiful. The voice acting is amazing. The Pokemon, you know, the, it's animated very beautifully. The Pokemon are designed and, and animated very beautifully in this in this series. And it's just something I wish that the anime was. Again, I'm going to come back to this every time. It's just, it's my only thought sort of when I, when I watched this, when I watched this series is that why can't I want more? And if they made the Pokemon anime like this, it would be absolutely gorgeous. Anyway, um, next ooh, we get to talk about the, the, the sword and shield Isle of armor expansion that is coming on June, what? 21st, June 21st or 27th. Let me see. 
I actually don't remember. The oh seventeenth. Oh my god! In a week. Oh, a week. Hey, that's good. I'll be able to. I will be able to talk about it next episode of Vivocast. So expect that. I will be talking. That gives me enough time. That gives me an entire week to talk about it. I'll definitely be streaming it on twitchtv slash Lilician. Uh, if you want to watch me get my, th- if you want to get my very, very first thoughts, you know, I'll be going over my first thoughts as it grows closer. I'll be going over my first thoughts on the episode, but obviously those will be a little bit of a week in advance, but this will be, if you want to watch me stream this game, I will be, you will see my thoughts first, uh, you know, firsthand. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have some new information, new Pokemon, new stuff. Well, nothing new, new, but officially revealed information uh which is important let's see uh let's see what, so i'm gonna go i'm gonna i sort of have a list of things but i want to sort of go over it in the cerebi announcement that they made again thank you cerebi cerebi.net um goes over this very well and i would like to um sort of just go over it so i don't miss anything <laughs> um so the dlc for the isle of armor will be released on june 17th we know that two new reggie pokemon are regilecki I don't know actually if that's how how you pronounce that. Um, I've heard some people say Regieleki, which I hate. <laughs> um, I'll go into more about that later. But Regieleki and Reggie Drago, um, who is the Dragon type Reggie. Uh, Reggie Regieleki has a new ability Transistor. It also has the new move Thunder Cage, which deals damage and traps him in an electrified cage for four to five turns. Uh, let's see if we get any information on its new ability. Transistor. Do we know what it does? Uh, new abilities. Here we go. Transistor. We don't know. Seriously? Okay. Well, we don't know what it does. So, new ability, Transistor. We have no idea what it does. Uh, Reggie Drago has a new ability, Dragon's Maw. Uh, and the move Dragon Energy, which does more damage the higher the HP. Do we know what Dragon's Maw does? Uh, nope. <laughs> I think kind of weird that they revealed one and not the other, so I'm not surprised. But yeah, um, cool. So we got those new things. We have uh, Galarian Articuno, Galarian Zapdos, and Galarian Moltres, who are completely new typings, which is insane, by the way. <laughs> what the heck? Um... Articuno is Psychic Flying, Zapdos is Fighting Flying, which is crazy, and a new Fighting Flying, it's like a Roadrunner, they look amazing, by the way, we've, you know, I've talked about their designs and stuff before, but like, oh my god, they're so good, and Moltres is Dark Flying, a new Dark Flying Pokemon, <laughs> it's just, it's just Discount Yveltal, um, they have some Pokedex entries here. Do, uh, do Regilecki and Regidrago have po- Oh, they do. Okay, hold on. I'm going to read... I want to read the uh, sort of information about Regilecki. Regilecki is the Electron Pokemon. It is only 311. It's really small. I guess it's because it's like... It's it's very long, you know? It's a very, very, very long boy. Uh, 319 pounds. Very heavy for electricity. Uh, this Pokemon absorbs electrons to live. Electrical energy makes up most of its body. Its electric-type moves are said to pack the greatest power of any used by electric Pokemon. Okay. And uh, Regidrago is the Dragon Orb Pokemon. The, the Drorb Pokemon. Uh, 6'11", 440 pounds. 
I don't know. I don't know what that is in meters and um, what is the what is the other version of of pounds? I cannot think. Whatever. Reggie Drago's body is composed of crystallized dragon energy. The energy is densest in its central core. Thanks to its body composition, Reggie Drago can use dragon type moves with greater power than any other Pokemon. Folklore tells that the legendary Pokemon Regigigas tried to create a Pokemon from crystallized dragon energy, but ran out of crystals and was only be able only able to complete the head. People of old feared that if Regidrago were to be completed, it would rain destruction on their island, so they sealed it away within a temple. Wow. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Articuno. Galarian Articuno. It has competitive. Ooh. Okay, it has competitive... Uh, it is psychic flying. Don't know how high it, how how high it is. We don't know how tall it is, how heavy it is, or its classification. But it says once every several several decades, this migratory Pokemon appears in the Crown Tundra. For a long time, it was thought to be the same legendary Pokemon as the Articuno previously discovered in other regions. Though cold and callous in personality, it moves in a highly refined manner. It keeps itself airborne through constant use of its psychic powers, almost never flapping its wings. Well, then why does it even have wings in the first place? You'd think that if it evolved to have psychic power, it, wouldn't, it would evolve to get rid of its wings. This Pokemon battles using intense psychic powers that act directly on the cells of living beings. Jesus Christ. The beam... That's not in the description, by the way. The beams of psychic energy fired from its eyes have a particularly potent effect. The slightest touch of these beams leaves the victim totally immobilized, as if frozen. The Pokemon finishes off immobilized opponents by using the condensed energy psychic power of its wings. Jesus Christ, it is, like, brutal. <laughs> awesome. It's, you know, it's got, like, laser beam eyes like we saw before, but, like, Jesus Christ. What a, Okay. Articuno, not what I was expecting. I gotta say, my favorite out of these so far is definitely Zapdos. Zapdos is sick looking. It's like a Roadrunner, baby. Alright. Uh, once every several decades, this migratory Pokemon appears in the Crown Tundra. Oh. For a long time, it was thought to be that. Oh, they have the same little blurb in the beginning. Okay. This belligerent, battle-hungry Pokemon seems unable to resist challenging Pokemon it senses may be stronger than itself. In battle, this Pokemon overwhelms opponents with speedy movements and ferocious kicks using its naturally mighty legs. When it leaps down cliffs and rocky mountains in high ultra-speed zigzag movements, it is said to resemble a bolt of lightning. However, its wings seem to have... Its wings seem to have atrophied, and it appears to be a poor flyer. What does atrophied mean? I assume it means, like, evolved to be useless? Oh, amazing. Atrophic. Of body tissue over an organ. Having atrophied. Thanks. Wasted away or rudimentary. Having lost effectiveness. Yeah, okay. So it's it's like useless. It's like a, um, oh, what are those? What are those? Vestigial? Is that what it is? When like a body part isn't used anymore after evolution? Whatever. We're not going to get into biology here. This is Pokemon, baby. All right, Moltres. Um, it has a naughty personality. Oh, sorry, I'm allergic to that. Um, sorry, not naughty, haughty. Excuse me for thinking that it said naughty. It has a haughty personality and conducts itself calmly according to its own wings. It exudes the energy churning within its body as an aura for a column of raging fire, leaving ordinary Pokemon unable to even approach it. 
It is specifically skilled at attacking opponents' minds by spreading its wings and unleashing a wicked aura. Opponents hit by such attacks are overcome with deep fatigue as if all of their energy has been burned away. I like how they're keeping the sim symbolism here. You know, Articuno freezes their, you know, freezes their opponents in place with psychic energy. Zapdos resembles a bolt of lightning, and Moltres, you know, uh, has his aura is like raging fire, and their energy is burned away. I really like the symbolism here. You know, they're like calling back to their old, uh, to their non-Galarian typing. So it's very clever. I like it. Oh, I forgot to go over their abilities. Hold on. Zapdos has Defiant. Oh, what does Defiant do? I okay, hold on. I need to look at what these what these uh what these abilities do. I forget what competitive does. Oh, I just looked up competitive Pokemon. <laughs> and it's coming up with like it's coming up with like how to play competitive Pokemon. There we go. Uh boost the special attack stat when when a stat is lowered. Okay, that is what Articuno has, which makes sense. It is actually really good for Articuno. Uh, when its stats are lowered, isn't it? Attack increases. Okay, that's defiant, so that makes sense for Zapdos. What is is Moltres gonna have something similar? What does Moltres have? Berserk. What does Berserk do? It increases its speed when it uh. Oh, did I spell it wrong? It's Berserk, not Berserk. I am bad at spelling apparently it's like it increases its speed when its stats are lowered oh boost the pokemon special attack stat when it takes a hit that causes its hp to become half or less okay so it's pretty much the same thing the signature ability of drampa but they're giving it to moltres very interesting or galarian moltres i suppose very interesting that's very cool Alright, new Pokemon. Galarian Slowbro is Poison Psychic type. It has the new ability Quick Draw and the new moves Shell Side Arm, uh, which only it can learn. It poisons the opponent and does physical or special damage based on which does the most, most damage. Hold on, what? I need to look at this right now. What does that move do? Uh, what is it called? It's like Side arm huh what is it i forget i forgot immediately uh shell sidearm oh this is abilities what ability does it have quick draw we don't know what it does <laughs> i could have saw that all right what is what does shell sidearm do this move may poison the opponent and inflict damage based on whether physical or special would do more damage okay Interesting. So it does more damage based on the higher stat that Galarian Slowbro has. I imagine that's very interesting. That's a, that's good for like a mixed attacker. Or I guess actually it's good for any set. It's actually bad for a mixed attacker. You wouldn't want to use it on a mixed attacker. You would want to max out one stat. <laughs> and it would it doesn't matter what type it is. You could use anything. Okay, that's really good. That seems like it'll be really good for competitive Pokémon, hopefully. I mean, I assume. Uh Galarian Slowbro is cool. I mean, it, it's it's Mega Man, you know? <laughs> uh, I like it a lot. Wait, let me go to the Galarian page and see if I can see the information about it. Aha! Uh -huh. uh, a shelter bite set off a chemical reaction within the spices inside Galarian Slowbro's body, causing Galarian Slowbro to gain the poison type. 
The shelter became uncon- the shelter sometimes unconsciously bites down harder on Slowbro's arm, causing an itch that drives Slowbro to start swinging its arm around indiscriminately and smashing its surroundings. This makes Galarian Slowbro a highly dangerous Pokemon. Ooh. Although this Pokemon is normally zoned out, facing off against strong opponents activates the stimulants in its body, sending them coursing through its nervous system and delivering a jolt. When this happens, Slowbro's expression sharpens. With a speed that puts even the quickest reflexes to shame, Slowbro re- readies its shelter and makes poisonous liquid shoots from the shelter's tip. Cool. Alright, I like it. Very cool design. I mean, it was ex- it's pretty much exactly what we were expecting it to be. Uh, but... Yeah, poison psychic is not something we've had before, if I'm if I've not mistaken. So that's very fun. We have a new type combination. I hope that Galarian Slow King is just as cool. Um, we have some new Gigantamax Pokemon, Gigantamax Venusaur and Blastoise, who we knew about. Uh Gigantamax Venusaur's G Max move is G Max Vine Lash and does damage and continue does damage and continues to do damage for four turns to any non-grass type Pokemon. And Blastoise's is actually exactly the same. Uh it's just called Cannon Cannonade. Which uh does damage and continues to do damage for four turns to any non-water Pokemon. So it lasts even after Gigantamax is done. <laughs> I assume. That's cool. Uh, let's see if there's any information on them. You know, like uh, like Pokedex entries or whatever. There is. I can't remember if I already read this or not. I assume not because they were just revealed. Uh, let's see. The power of Gigantamaxing has made Venusaur's flower bloom so large that it covers the Pokemon's body. The flower petals are extremely thick and springy enough to repel half-hearted attacks. During battle, this Pokemon uses these petals as a shield and swings its two thick vines around to attack the target. <laughs> the flower on the Pokemon's back spews so much pollen that it resembles a volcanic eruption. Inhaling the pollen can cause uncontrollable sneezing, and breathing in too much of it can even cause fainting. Well, I'm glad they didn't say death. However, the pollen also stimulates plant growth. Places where the pollen falls are said to grow with thick and large plants. Wow. Just use that to stop deforestation. You know, just Gigantamax your Venusaur and make it shoot its pollen everywhere. Amazing. If only we had that in real life. I guess other Pokemon can just, like, make trees or plants, so I guess we wouldn't really necessarily need that. Imagine how many how many of the world's problems would be solved if Pokemon reveal. Man. You know, deforestation? No more forests? Just Gigantamax Venusaur. It'd <laughs> be very nice. Uh, Blastoise's shell has grown to match its body, and it boasts extra new, extra-large cannons as well. Gigantamax Blastoise can adapt to different situations by using different combinations of its 31 variously-sized cannons. Uh, in battle, it doesn't bother to aim. Instead, it fires dynamic, powerful torrents from multiple cannons to overwhelm opponents. I mean, yeah, can't aim? <laughs> it's not even looking at the opponent. It's like, you know... It's facing backwards. It reminds me of a uh, Mega Septile. And also Turtonator. It's very Turtonator-esque. The main cannon in the center of its shell is uh, staggeringly powerful. Legends say this cannon has blasted holes into mountains. Gigantamax Blastoise can also move the 12 large cannons surrounding its central cannon independently, letting it orient its attacks in any direction, whether towards the ground or towards the sky. <laughs> cool. Um, let's see, there are, uh, you, what, what else is there? That, that's pretty much all the new Pokemon, all the, most of the new information, uh, there's still a few more things, 
Um, Gigantamax, oh, Gigantamax Urshifu. I forgot about this dude. Uh, Gigantamax Urshifu single strikes G-Max move. God, imagine saying that to someone who's never heard of Pokemon before. Oh yeah, uh, my favorite move in the game is Gigantamax Urshifu single strikes G-Max move. Uh, G-Max one blow. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, G-Max one blow and rapid strikes is G-Max rapid flow. Uh, these can do damage even if the target defends itself. Cool. Um, hidden ability, Grookey, Scorebunny, and Sobble are now available through Pokemon Home. If you deposit a Pokemon from Sword and Shield. Wow, so, uh, get your, get your hidden ability starter. So that's actually really cool. I'm gonna do that. Uh, there's an item, tentatively known as the Cramomatic, which allows you to combine up to four items together to make new items. Excuse me? I did not know about this. Hold on a minute. What? Excuse me? Where is this? I guess there's... Oh, hold on. Wait. There's... I want to see this. There's no like, information about it. What? Is that a thing? The Kramomatic is a device that lets you put multiple items into it when the items are added as the ability to create various other items. What? That's insane. Okay, I guess we'll just have to wait until we find out more about that. Um, there's a there are move tutors given move tutor moves given in exchange for Armonite Ore, uh, a substance found through max raid battles in the Isle of Armor. The first, a fire type move, Burning Jealousy, damages both opponents opponents damages both opponents and has a chance of burning the opponent as if if they've had their stat boosted during this turn. The grass type one is called Grassy Slide and is boosted in priority in grassy terrain. We don't know what the water one is, apparently. Well, that's boring. Grassy Slide is just boosted in grassy terrain and Burning Jealousy is cool. What? They couldn't have made something a little more useful? <laughs> uh, in the Isle of Armor, you can make Max Soup, uh, which when a Pokemon with the potential to Dynamax drinks it, it becomes Gigantamax. Very good. I was hoping that they would do something like that to allow people to just use, to make Gigantamax Pokemon. Like, you know, if you get a shiny, if you get like a shiny Pokemon that can Gigantamax, you're screwed. Unless you, now, you're, you're not. It's very, very nice. Um, in the Crown Tundra, Dynamax Adventure is a game where four players uh, together investigate the Dynamax Raid Dens. In the Crown Tundra, there's a new feature called the Galarian Star Tournament in Winden. In this, you play multi-battles against various creatures creatures, characters from the story. Uh, Urshifu's new ability, Unseen Fist, allows you to damage Pokemon that have used Protect. Cool. Amazing. Um, also, uh, so that that's some new cool stuff. Not going to say much about that, but uh, I guess I will say real quick that there is, you know, there's, uh, what's it called? Um, all the legendaries coming back. I can't find the I can't find the page open that I have, but like you know, obviously I think we knew about this before, but like all of the legendaries are coming back, which is insanely cool. I'm really glad they're doing that. Uh, you know, we saw that sort of in the um in the in the new trailer that you could find that you could find all these all these legendary Pokemon in the dens, and I think that's what the Crown Tundra um, like the, the Dynamax adventure is maybe cause like, you know, you're sort of like in, maybe you can only fight the legendaries if you have four people, which be, which would be interesting. 
Cool. All right. A lot of new stuff. A lot, a lot of new stuff. And I'm very, very happy to see it. Um, I mean, yeah, next time, next time you hear from me uh, in Extreme EvoCast episode 34, I will be talking about this again. <laughs> you know, I will be... Uh, I will be I will be talking about the new uh, thing given that I finish it which I'm sure I will you know in a week uh, I'm very very excited about this I'm a little I'm a little anxious you know a little bit uh, excited and anxious about new stuff coming out for Pokemon but uh yeah very very excited anyway uh, that was the news for today and um, before we move on to our main topic for today let's do um, everyone's favorite segment, Random Pokemon of the Week, where we talk about a random Pokemon every episode, and today's Pokemon is... Oh. What? What happened? Oh, man. Okay, that's not right. Okay, I think... It seems as if the data that I have for the random Pokemon today has been corrupted. <laughs> uh, this is not... This is not normal. This is not what this Pokemon is supposed to look like. Well, uh, the show must go on, so I'm just going to continue anyway. Uh, this Pokemon, Missingno, um, is a bird-slash-normal type introduced in Generation 1. It is the question mark, question mark, question mark Pokemon. Um, it is 3 foot 3 in red, green, and blue, uh, or one meter, and is also uh, 10 feet, or 3.3 meters in red and blue, uh, and it is 22.1 pounds in red, green, and blue, uh, and is 3,507 pounds in red and blue. I assume that means Japanese and English exclusive. Uh, so, like, in, in red, green, and blue, uh, yeah, that, yeah, those are the Japanese ones. So, in the Japanese versions, it's 3 foot 3, or one meter, and 22.1 pounds, and in the, in the English versions of red and blue, it is 10 feet, or 3.3 meters, and 3,507 pounds, or 1,590.8 kilograms. Uh, its catch rate is 29 in red and, red and blue, and 0 in yellow. It is unobtainable in Pokemon Yellow. Uh, so, if you haven't been able to guess already from that extremely bad uh, bit we're talking about missing note today. <laughs> a little bit of a special, sort of a special case uh, today. Um, I'm perfectly fine with, you know, quote unquote, sacrificing a random Pokemon of the week for the sake of a joke like that. Uh, if it, I apologize. <laughs> if you didn't find that funny at all, I thought that would be something that would be fun. Uh, I didn't want to continue the jig for the whole episode though that would have been very hard to keep it up like i have no idea what missing them is and honestly probably would have decreased from the the quality of this uh this um this episode of evocast so anyway yes we're talking about missing no today i've been very very excited to talk about this um I'm not going to go in too much detail uh, about Missing No. I have been watching quite a lot of videos and stuff in preparation for this uh, episode. Specifically, if you don't know, um, Retro Video Game Mechanics Explained on YouTube um, recently made a video about how Missing No is displayed as a sprite. Uh, and it inspired me to do this for this episode. Um, it also inspired something else. Uh, but if you haven't if you haven't checked out that channel, please talk about it. If you're as big of a Pokemon fan as I am... Um, uh, Retro Video Game Mechanics Explained is a very, very insightful 
and very, very interesting YouTube channel where <clears throat> he goes over, you know, retro video game mechanics uh, explained. And he has two episodes. <clears throat> I apologize. Uh, he has two two sort of series on Pokemon so far, one of which is, is missing now, uh, and the other is, is uh, how the Pokemon cries are sort of programmed into the game. It's very, very, very interesting. Um, so if you, you know, if you haven't watched that yet, go watch it if you're interested. It's very, very, uh, cool. And like I said, that sort of series of video inspired me to do this episode on Missing No. Um, if you haven't been able to guess, that was, this is, this is today's, uh, episode, this is today's, uh, video, or topic, I suppose, is, uh, is Missing No. Um, sort of funny, the, one of the other things that, 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 uh, that, that video series inspired was, if you remember, if you recall, last episode, uh, episode 32, where I talked about Hollow and Generation 3, I said that I would be doing that sort of thing again with other games, uh, and I decided that to play through Pokemon Yellow uh, as my next thing. So expect... It's probably not going to happen anytime soon, because I've been sort of drained from playing Pokemon recently. Uh, I played through the entirety of Emerald, I played through a little bit of Pokemon Yellow, and then I... Uh, have been really busy doing stuff, um, so I haven't been able to, to do that. And I also still want to talk about Pokemon Mystery Dungeon uh, as soon as I get the chance, as soon as I finish the game, so that's most likely going to come first, uh, judging by the fact that, you know, in, in the next couple days here, I'm going to be streaming it um, and hopefully finishing it soon. So expect that soon. Expect uh, Isle of Armor next episode, of course, and then after that, hopefully, we'll talk about Pokemon Yellow. But talking about Pokemon Yellow, uh, with Pokemon Yellow, I have the um a sort of virtual console version on my 3ds and i decided to play around with it a little bit because i've been very interested in my in 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 how the pokemon games work uh and i you know all due respect to nintendo but i have a homebrewed 3ds and i thought it would be fun uh, sort of in light, in, in preparation for making this video as well, uh, which I will, this, this episode, I mean, sorry, not video, um, like, I, I guess it will be relevant again when I actually talk about my playthrough, uh, in a couple episodes, but I decided that I wanted to have a missing no on my team, <laughs> and I know what you're thinking, like, what, uh, but, it's it's very very fun uh, so far. It so I decided we're gonna talk. We're gonna, I'm actually gonna talk about missing that in a couple of minutes here. I promise. But I want to give a little bit of background to this. Um, I did some doing doing research for this episode and also just doing research on missing them in general. Being very interested in the to interested in the topic recently, I looked um, I looked up the different versions of missing note and I found out that the old man glitch was patched out of Pokemon Yellow. Uh, and I really, really wanted to play through Pokemon Yellow first before I played through Red and Blue, um, just because I've never played Pokemon Yellow. And I really wanted to use Missing No on my team, and I didn't want to wait until... Um, I didn't want to wait until I played through Red and Blue, because obviously once I'm done with Yellow, I'm probably not going to want to play another Kanto game. I'm probably going to play like Crystal or something like that. Uh, so, like... I, you know, I, um, I decided to look up the different versions of Missing No, and there's one, there's a few specifically that are actually stable. Um, the, the Missing No from Pokemon Yellow is not stable. 
<laughs> the the tr- traditional missing note is not stable. It will crash your game. It will brick your your save. It will it will mess up everything. Uh, but there's two specifically or three specifically that I looked into that we're going to talk about here. Uh, the ghost and the skeleton missing notes. The ones that are based on or sort of have the have the ID number of the fossils from the Pewter Museum, the Aerodactyl and the Kabutops fossil, and the ghosts <laughs> that you find in Lavender Tower. Um, and if you know nothing about Missing No, I promise I will explain uh, in a second. But I decided to hack it in because I was I was going to wait uh, until later in the game when I could do the sort of fly glitch that you can do in 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 yellow it's still it's still in yellow um and i decided that i wanted to do that glitch but it would have been extremely late in the game uh specifically specifically because um the way that missing note works or these types of missing note work and the way that this uh the way that the the fly glitch work works is uh, i'm not going to go over the fly glitch but if you want to know more about it you can look it up uh essentially Based on the Pokemon that you fight, or the trainer that you fight, based on their Pokemon's special stat, uh, will give you a different Pokemon because those numbers, they're spe- the way that the glitch works, I suppose. Uh, obviously, it's way more complicated, like the, the than than how I'm explaining it here. But the special stat is the ID number for the Pokemon that you encounter using the fly glitch. So it sort of, it takes that in memory and it puts it onto the, to, to, as the ID of the Pokemon that you're using. Uh, and I found out that I would have to level up a, uh, like, not Kabuto, uh, a, a, a Kadabra to like level 50 just to get the special stat, 183, that I needed for the Aerodactyl Skeleton, which is the one that I wanted to use. The Kabutops Skeleton and the Ghost are 182 and 184, so it wouldn't have been any easier. That is, like, the the easiest way to get a Pokemon with a high special stat, because I couldn't get Gengar, I couldn't get Alakazam, so it had to be a Kadabra, uh, because Kadabra, I believe, is like the, you know, it has it also has a very high special stat. Uh, and it would have taken, no matter what, no matter what Pokemon I used, it would have taken me a long, long, long time. You know, I probably could have used, like, Mewtwo, but again, that's late, that's after the Elite Four, and I wanted to use this thing in my playthrough. Uh, so I decided to just hack it in, um, because I didn't want to wait, <laughs> because it would have, I wouldn't have been able to use it until like the elite four at you know at most uh, and i wanted to use it throughout my entire playthrough uh so i i hacked it in and the way that this missing note works okay i'm gonna read a little bit about uh about this uh, on this page that i have uh open about the the specifically the the fossil and kabutops missing now uh the aerodactyl and kabutops fossil missing now i mean uh it says the effects of the ghost slash skeleton missing notes are far too varied and mysterious to explain here it is known that the ghost skeleton missing nose have the unique ability to copy Pokemon attributes. For example, in the wild, they copy the starting moves of the Pokemon who attacked last in battle. For example, if your Bulbasaur beat your opponent's Squirtle, then the next ghost or skeleton missing nose you encounter will be the grass poison type and have Bulbasaur's starting moves. But if your Bulbasaur was beaten by a Charmander, then the ghost skeleton missing nose you encounter will be fire type and have Charmander's starting moves. Also in the wild, they will copy the starting moves and type of the last Pokemon you saw in the Hall of Fame, or the Pokedex. For example, if you look at Golbat's Pokedex entry and then battle a ghost missing now, then the missing note will have Golbat's starting moves and will be flying poison type. 
Uh, please note that if you do encounter a ghost or skeleton missing though and hope to catch it after you have tweaked it, using another ghost slash skeleton missing though would be your best option. Using any other Pokemon, including blocky missing nose, will change the type slash moves to its own attributes. Uh, when in the party, you can change your ghost skeleton missing nose attributes. Whenever a Pokemon is positioned last in your party, all the ghost and skeleton missing nose will copy that Pokemon's type and attributes, but not its moves. This also applies to Pokemon viewed in the Hall of Fame and the Pokedex. So essentially, what I did was I wanted to use an Aerodactyl on my team. Normally, before I even considered having this missing though on my team, I wanted to use Aerodactyl. And I was like, okay, I want I, I want to use a missing though on my team because I think it would be fun to, to try out this glitchy Pokemon and see if I can actually beat it um, with missing though. Uh, so I decided to replace the missing though, or the Aerodactyl, with the Aerodactyl fossil missing though. That seemed pretty right to me. Um, and what I decided to do... <clears throat> was first hack in an Aerodactyl into my team. Uh, you know, it's like level 8 or something. And I gave it the moves uh, that I wanted on the Aerodactyl. Uh, you know, consider this cheating, whatever, you, whatever mind you. Uh, I wasn't 100% sure if I was going to be able to teach this missing no the moves that I wanted it to use. You know, I sort of, <clears throat> like I said last episode, I sort of plan out these Pokemon's movesets beforehand. Uh, and I wanted to use a certain amount of moves on on this area dactyl, so it would be it would be viable. It would be a good Pokemon. So I decided to uh, hack in this area dactyl with the starting moves that I wanted. Um, and essentially, what I do, what I did, is I caught uh, I got the area dactyl. Uh, I caught the missing though. You know, I hacked it so I would encounter the missing though by doing some hex editing, changing the game's code uh, literally in an emulator first and then transferring my save over into the into the virtual console version, uh, which took way longer than it should have. Um, and it actually gave me a quite, a quite bit of insight on how the game works. Hex editing is actually really fun, you know, literally just editing the game's code while you play. Uh, and there was a lot of guides I looked up. It was actually a very uh, fun experience to sort of learn how this game works. Um, but I, so the, so the, the what I did was I put the Aerodactyl in the bottom of my party, uh, so that so the missing though will keep that will keep the Aerodactyl's attributes. And essentially, I have this Aerodactyl in my party at all times, um, just sitting there acting as like a buffer for my my missing now so it always is rock flying it always has the same types uh it always has the same moves and it has all the same attributes all that stuff same base stats everything um and the way that it works is uh i'll keep this aerodactyl in the bottom of my team until I get six Pokemon, until I catch my sixth Pokemon, which in that case I will replace my last Pokemon with my missing now. Uh, and I will never, ever be able to take that Aerodactyl out of the last spot in my party. <laughs> um, which, I mean, if I do, I can just put Aerodactyl back in, copy the traits over, and then put area, put the missing no back at the, at the bottom spot. But I just think it's really funny that because because if the missing now is the last Pokemon in your in your party, remember that it copies the la the attributes of the Pokemon in, in the last in your party. Uh, it'll keep its attributes. So I keep this Aerodactyl in my party, and then once I catch my sixth Pokemon, I will just have to keep this missing now in the bottom of my party. I won't be able to put it out so it's so it comes out first. I'll always have to like switch train it. You know, it'll be it'll be bad when I have to actually have to grind. But hopefully that doesn't come until 
later in the game where I won't have to do so much grinding. Um, so yeah, that was sort of my experience with, with getting this missing, though. Uh, it was very, very interesting uh, to learn how, the sort of intricacies about how miss how this specific missing now works. Um, and, you know, um, like, you know, editing the game to try to put missing no in, you know, learning all these things, so much trial and error to learn how this missing no works. It was very, very interesting. And this is just scratching the surface of what missing no is. Missing no is so complex because it's literally just a glitch. Um, so now that we're past that, now that I are past sort of my experience with missing no, let's talk about missing no. Um, missing no, as it is displayed in game due to the 10 character limit in Western Generation 1 games, is a dual type bird slash normal glitch Pokemon in Pokemon Red and Blue, and a dual type normal slash randomly glitched name, glitch Pokemon in Pokemon Yellow. It is arguably the best known glitch Pokemon in, in the game, or in Pokemon, closely followed by M00, uh, which is another glitch Pokemon. Uh, it is the easiest glitch Pokemon to find in the localization, so it has five distinct forms, but the most frequent forms have 30, share 36 index numbers each. Uh, and the, the five most common forms, or the five forms, is the, the very famous Missigno that we all know and love. Uh, the Ghost, the Aerodactyl Fossil, the Kabutops Fossil, and the Pokemon Yellow version of Missigno. Uh, it's, it looks a lot different. Um, it's very sort of blocky and scrambly just like the missing no but it looks a lot different and that one is actually very very unstable um in later generations other glitch pokemon are often referred to as a missing no such as 10 question marks question mark and dash 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 despite this name missing no is a misnomer in this case and they have little relation to the one founded pokemon red and blue and yellow because the the missing no quote unquote that they sort of um that they sort of talk about are you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're not, they're not missing note. They're just like no Pokemon because they kind of, you know, Pokemon sort of realized that they need to do something to fix this. Uh, and they put that in, in place, you know, in generation one, they didn't do anything like that. Um, so this, that's where missing note comes from. Uh, I'm not going to go over every glitch Pokemon. I'll probably have an episode, uh, solely, dedicated to other glitch pokemon and sort of you know all there's so many glitch pokemon uh sort of all the attributes that they have there's like bad egg all that stuff i will talk about that in another episode think of this episode as just sort of a extended random pokemon of the week for missing no <laughs> Uh, let's see. Missing Nose Cry is generally the game's equivalent of a of a blank cry. A Nidoran male, base zero zero, with a pitch of zero and no echo. This is because the cries of these Pokemon are undefined in the data structure. A few Missing No have different cries, specifically zero hex forty three, zero hex forty five, zero x hex four f, zero hex fifty one, zero hex five e, zero hex five f, zero hex seven f, and zero hex b five. The fact that these cries are valid and not garbage data uh, supports the view that Missing No may have originally been a Pokemon that was deleted from this game. Deleted from the games. See this section for more details. Ah, okay, so it's later. Uh, the Pokedex entries of Missing No and all glitch Pokemon with a Pokedex number of zero will only appear upon capture if the player has not encountered a Cubone. <laughs> Wait, what? Hold on. 
The Pokedex entries are missing though, and all the glitch Pokemon in the number of zero will only appear upon capture. Oh, okay, so wait, why Cubone? An exception to this rule is in red and green, where missing note could be registered in the Pokedex if the player enables the scene flag for number 152 and, and memory corruption. If missing note's Pokedex data is viewed, Rhydon's cry will be heard, followed by missing note's blank entry and a series of glitchy sounds. No missing note can evolve or learn any moves through leveling up. That is exactly why I decided to give my Aerodactyl all the moves that it has, and I'm very glad I did that. Uh, if the if the red and blue missing note is traded to generation two, it will hold a Carbos. Interesting. Let's see. Missing note's red and blue normal form. We're talking about the normal form for red and blue is a dual bird normal slash glitch. Bird slash normal glitch Pokemon. It has a sprite that is a strange block of glitch pickle, pick, pick, glitched pickles in a backwards L shape. Uh, due to the large number of characters that can be used to make it appear, it is the most common form. Um, yeah, so this is done by the old man glitch, which if you don't know, uh, if you talk to the old man um, in Viridian City and then you surf on the... Um, on the sort of east coast of Cinnabar Island, uh, which uh, you encounter missing now, uh, depending on your name, I believe, and also, like, um, de depending on, like, you know, the player's name, the Pokemon name they have, Pokemon stats and stuff, as described with the, you know, the Mew, the Mew glitch, I think is what the Fly glitch, I was calling it the Fly glitch, I think it's more commonly known as the Mew glitch, um, you, uh, you find different Pokemon, and missing no is when you find Pokemon that aren't, that are not a Pokemon. Essentially, uh, when when you when you get a number, an ID number of a Pokemon using using this glitch that is not a Pokemon, um, and sort of the way that it works is because that area of the game um, doesn't have correct data when it comes to the encounters and it pulls the data from the wrong place in memory i think is how it works so don't if you there's a lot of places out there that you can really look up why exactly missing no works take everything i say with a grain of salt because i'm going completely off memory here uh but for you know for the basics essentially it pulls it pulls the sort the the number from your player's name and puts it as the id number of the pokemon that you encounter and then you encounter missing no uh let's see uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's nothing really super special about Missing though. Let's look at Yellow. Uh, Missing Though's Yellow normal form is a dual-type normal and randomly named glitch type. Uh, this form uses the palette of Pikachu and appears so as yellow with r and red glitched boxes. Uh, they also cause glitches that Missing No in red and blue do not. If caught, they will cause graphical glitches, rendering the player invisible and making duplicates of the player, and all other on-screen characters will walk in random locations on-screen after battle. These forms do not appear through the old man glitch as it was removed in yellow. It, it is likely that the game will freeze or get stuck when attempting to battle yellow Missing No's normal form due to an invalid sprite pointer. This is also what causes the walking character's effect. So yeah, uh... Encountering this missing no form is not safe, and it will usually cause the game to freeze and get stuck. That's exactly why I decided to do the uh, the fossil and ghost missing no <laughs> uh, in yellow. Speaking of, 
The fossil and ghost missing no, otherwise known as the special missing no, are three unique forms of missing no that shared their sprites with the Kabutops fossil and Ar- Kabutops fossil and Ariadactyl fossil in the Pewter Museum of Science, science as well as the ghost from Pokemon Tower. Uh, this is because the game actually uses their index numbers to get their front sprites. These Pokemon have no constant-based stats, experience types, or starting moves. In fa- instead, they take this data from the last Pokemon in the party, other than other than other special missing no. If an enemy trainer sends out a special missing no, the aforementioned data is sent out to the previous Pokemon they sent out. Uh, the fossil and ghost missing no exist in Pokemon Yellow and have the same sprites in red and blue. They also work the same way. Since the sprites are valid, these missing no could be encountered instead of Yellow's normal missing no, and they will never freeze freeze the game on your on the opponent's side. Again, exactly why I decided to choose these Pokemon for my missing no on my team. Uh, let's see. Missing No's appearance in Battle Caught allows for the item duplication glitch, which is a whole nother can of worms, uh, which increases the number of items in the six bag slot by 128 unless the number of items in the slot already exceeds 128. Encountering Missing No has been known to interfere with the same da- save da- game data in various ways, such as adver- adversely affecting the Hall of-, Hall of Fame data. The Hall of Fame is corrupted because of the proximity to buffer used to store decompressed sprite data, which is too small to properly hold missing nose garbage sprite data. Essentially what that means uh, is the Hall of Fame in memory is right next to the sprite data. You know, the the sort of code, the assembly code that they use to do sprites. And when, when it tries to render missing nose sprites, it's so big because it doesn't know when to stop. It 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 corrupts the data. It goes over it goes past the intended area in code and corrupts the Hall of Fame data. It's very interesting. Uh let's see. Is there anything really else to talk about? Uh in Pokemon Stadium, missing there will appear as a substitute doll. While in Pokemon Stadium 2, missing no and other glitch Pokemon will show up with a ditto as a ditto with transform. If the game is saved via Stadium 2, it will become a ditto permanently. Um, oh, official Nintendo statement. Really? They've Nintendo has actually talked about it. Nintendo has an official ascription of Missing No in their customer service troubleshooting section. Missing No is a programming quirk and not a real part of the game. When you get this, your game can perform strangely, and the graphics will often become scrambled. The missing no Pokemon is often found after you perform the Fight Safari Zone Pokemon trick. To fix the scrambled graphics, try releasing the missing no Pokemon. If the problem persists, the only solution is to restart your game. This means erasing your current game and starting a brand new one. When did, where did they say that? Nintendo Consumer... Oh, Consumer Service. That's so funny. They have... Like, consumer service for Pokemon Red, Blue, Gold, and Silver versions, and one of the official statements is missing now. That's so cool. I don't know why that's so, that's so like, surreal and cool to me that they actually have that. <laughs> that they consider it. Like, they, they, they've made a statement about it. I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know? Um, you know, it makes sense that they would actually say something about it because it's so well-known and so game-breaking. Uh, let's see. I, I don't really think there's much else I want to talk about. I'm going to read through the trivia. I like I apologize that I was sort of just reading through Bulbapedia, uh, but like 
it's very interesting uh, to sort of learn the inner quirks. And I wanted to sort of go into this and maybe even inform a few people that aren't so knowledgeable of what Missing No really is. Uh, like I said, of course, there are so many other places online where you can find so much more detailed uh, stuff. But if you want to hear it from someone who just barely understands it and has a personal experience using a Missing No on her team, <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but... I will get back to that once I talk about Pokemon Yellow. I'm very actually, I'm actually very excited to play through this game with Missing Now on my team. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to hear it from someone who maybe has a little bit of experience, but is also sort of just a, a casual, uh, you know, there you go. There's some, there's some interesting trivia and sort of an extended uh, random Pokemon of the week about Missing Now. Uh, by the way, I give Missing No Shiny a uh, 3,457 out of 10. If, you know, if anyone's if anyone's curious, <laughs> I don't. Missing though obviously doesn't have a shiny sprite, but still, that's my rating. It's glitched just like missing though. Missing though actually has base stats, <laughs> um, and other things like that. Uh, let's see. In Pokemon Red and Blue, for the 36 normal missing though, it is an HP stat of 33, an attack of 136, a defense of zero. Uh, not very defensive. Special, 6, and a speed of 29. Uh, not a very good Pokemon competitively, if I'm being honest with you. I don't think it's very viable. Uh, in Pokemon Yellow, for the 36 normal missing now, it has an HP of 178, an attack of 19, a defense of 11, a special of 23, and a speed of 0. Uh, it is normal. It is damaged, I guess, uh, everything. Oh, weird. It's damaged normally by everything except for fighting and uh, fighting and ghost, which it is weak to fighting and immune to ghosts. I guess because it's normal type. Uh, in yellow, it is the same. In normal red and blue, it learns water gun, water gun, and sky attack at level one. In uh, the Kabutops fossil, Kabutops fossil, Aerodactyl fossil, and ghost form, it learns payday, bind, and water gun at level one. Uh, it learns, I don't know exactly how many uh, TMs this is, but quite a few TMs. I can also learn Fly and Cut. <laughs> uh, it learns no TMs in normal form. Um, evolution? What? Apparently, oh, okay, so re apparently it's considered evolution when it goes between red and blue and yellow. Uh, just like normal missing, though. Um... Ghost does not evolve. Aerodactyl does not evolve. Kabutops does not evolve. Uh, Z, some Japanese letter, evolves into another form of missing, though, at level 224. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, let's see, trivia. The Pokemon Yellow Normal form, missing, though, has zero base speed. This ties with ge various Generation 1 glitch Pokemon for the lowest base speed stat. <laughs> I like how technically the lowest base speed Pokemon has a glitch Pokemon. In the Spanish versions of Pokemon Red and Blue, viewing the stat screen of any Pokemon in the player's party changes Missing No Sprite. In its normal form, Missing No has the same learn set as M00, except, except that M00 cannot learn Substitute and Missing No cannot learn Pound. Interesting. <laughs> Why pound? Normal form missing no stats in red and blue are actually determined by the parties of several bikers. Huh? <laughs> Excuse me? Hold on a second. What? 
Oh, there's like a whole thing about uh Okay, I'm gonna I'm not gonna read through this, but I am gonna sort of tell you about this. Uh, if you go to the Bulbapedia page, um for missing that, and you scroll down to the very bottom and you look at reference number six, there is a smogon page that goes over the extreme intricacies of missing now and glitch other glitch Pokemon. Like very, very precise. I'm actually gonna read through this uh, when I'm done <laughs> recording this episode. This is really interesting stuff. Uh, let me see about the about the if I can find the biker stuff. I'm gonna look up biker. Oh yeah, look at this. Uh, missing notes data starts well into a trainer's Pokemon data, so it gets the information according to the party of the trainers that happen to be located located at 0-hex-39-fc2 to 0-hex-39-fdd, which are some trainers that belong to the biker class. Now, to make things more interesting, let's compare the effects these bites have on missing them with their real purpose and meaning in the game. Oh, this is so interesting. Okay, I'm not going to read through this because I'm already an hour into the episode, but... Maybe I'll come back to Missing Note at some point and I'll do like a super detailed thing about this, about this, this, this sort of page because it seems really interesting. I'm like super interested in this stuff if I'm being honest with you. Um, but yeah, like I said, reference number six on Missing Note's page if you want to look at this. It goes into like, oh, there's so much here about Missing Note. Missing Note's so cool. <laughs> That's why I was really excited to go to do this episode. And I'm definitely not done talking about glitch Pokemon. Uh, I will talk about M00, other glitch Pokemon, stuff like that. I just don't want this episode to go super long. Uh, I want to sort of dedicate a whole episode to talking about it, even though this is what this episode was sort of uh, about. But I was excited to talk about just Missing No, you know, the one that everyone knows and loves, Missing No. Um, and I mean, if that's something that people would be would be into... Uh, let me know, you know, uh, let me know on my Twitter, let me know in my Discord server if you're interested, or just, like, you know, send me an email, I don't know. Uh, if you're interested in hearing me talk about these other glitch Pokemon and going into, going a little bit more in-depth, if anyone's interested in that, I sort of want this, this podcast to be for everybody, so I don't want to go into, like, the extreme intricacies of how this game works, um, because I know some people aren't going to understand it. Maybe I'll release, like, one episode in the beginning and be like, hey, if you don't know anything, if you don't want to learn math and assembly and hex code you're not gonna like this episode <laughs> uh maybe we'll see i'm not sure let me know if if that's something you'd be interested in because i would i would love to uh i would love to talk more about missing though it's something very interesting to me let's see missing no is the only glitch pokemon in generation one whose english name is entirely composed of typographical letters although other glitch pokemon such as trainer and c may appear to be entirely composed of typographical characters they contain illegible characters which change depending on the current title set loaded into memory in the generation four games there is a sprite that contains text that reads something in japanese missing those japanese name in kanji however Unlike the Generation 1 placeholder text missing, though, it exists only to substitute blank tile data, not blank species data. This means that the game will display this if a sprite is referenced that does not exist or cannot be accessed. Ah. Missing though is referred to Pokemon 000 on Pokemon Nintendo on Nintendo's consumer support website, referencing its Pokedex number. And finally, in August 2016, TCG artist Tokia Tokia Put Art of Missing Nose Ghost Form, Aerodactyl, and Kabutops Form Fossils, and the default sprite in Pokemon Red and Green on his Twitter. 
Missing Doe is therefore the only glitch Pokemon to have an intentional depiction by a franchise artist. I actually looked at this earlier. It's very cool. Uh, you can sort of look at this as um, on the Bulbapedia page, I think reference number seven, uh, if you really want to look at it. It's very cool. The art is very good, <laughs> I will say. Very, very cool. Oh man, I love, I love, I love Missing Though. I love the depiction of Missing Though. That's why, like I said, I was very, very excited to talk about this and uh, and do this episode because, you know, this is something that I'm very, very into. Something that interests me quite a lot. <laughs> and I, like I said, I would be happy to talk about this again. Um, sort of due to the nature of this episode, because I didn't technically have a random Pokemon of the week, uh, I'm not going to bother doing a move tutor this episode. So. Um, no segments today. Sorry. <laughs> You'll have to apologize for the sake of the joke. Uh, you know, sort of for the sake of the, the, like, what, 10 second, 20 second bit in the beginning of this segment where I talked, where I was like, oh, my data is glitched. So, yeah. Was it worth it? Who knows? You decide. <laughs> anyway, I think that is going to do it for me for today. Uh, catch me next time talking about Isle of Armor and my experiences about it. Again, you can catch me live on twitch.tv slash Lilician on the release day. Literally, I will be playing this game. <laughs> very this, this update. I'm very, very excited. Uh, and also, you can check out my Twitch. Uh, I stream other Pokemon games, all that stuff. Also, make sure to check out my personal Twitter, twitch.tv slash Lilician. Uh, if you want to check more about me, uh, recently I've been posting a lot of game development stuff on there. Uh, I'm developing a Pokemon-like game, uh, and you can check it out. It's very, very interesting. I'll probably talk about this uh, later, because uh, if I ever get super far into this game development, because it's uh, Pokemon is a main inspiration for it, so I think it would be I think it would be right to talk about it on this podcast. Um, you could also follow the Extreme EvoCast Twitter to get updates on when episodes come out or just updates if an episode is going to be delayed or other things like that at twitter.com slash or at Extreme EvoCast on Twitter. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, have a great day and I will see you next time. Bye.